Hey Mike, how you been? Bridget asked as she stepped out from Burger Palace's dining area and into the cold autumn night's air. Hey Bridget, I'm, uh, good. Was it busy today? Mike responded, locking his car from a short distance away with his key fob. Oh, not really, thankfully. We had a good amount of people during the lunch hours, but it quieted down a lot after that. It's been dead since about, uh, eight tonight? Bridget stated, stuffing her cold hands into her sweatshirt pockets. Hmm. Looks like it'll be a quiet night then. You the last one here? Mike asked. Alright, suppose I better head in. Uh, see you later. Get home safe, Bridget. Mike replied as he stepped past her and opened the door. Thanks. Try to stay safe out there. See you, Mike. Bridget said, quickly walking towards her car. Mike stood outside for a few minutes and watched as Bridget's car came to life, then pulled out and onto the street back into the city. He stepped inside Burger Palace, into the dining area of the fast food restaurant. Ronnie was at the register, leaning against the counter. He turned when he heard Mike come inside. Oh, hey, Mike. Ronnie said offhandedly as he returned to the conversation he was holding with Caitlin, who was somewhere back in the kitchen. Mike walked up to the counter and stopped in front of it, setting his hands down. Ronnie turned around, his hands now stuffed in his pockets. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Ronnie asked, taking his hand out of his pocket to scratch his nose. Good. You are from Lucarelli yet? Bridget said they should be here soon. Mike asked, leaning closer towards Ronnie. Nope. Sure they're getting shortly. Besides, it's been pretty quiet around here today. Ronnie replied, ruffling his dark red hair. Yeah, I'm just worried about people in the city coming all the way out here this late at night. Mike said his gaze shifting from Ronnie to the back of the restaurant. Mike heard the dining area's TV playing a news broadcast. He turned his head to look at the screen from across the room. They say anything about the murders yet? Mike asked, glancing back to Ronnie. Uh, Max said they did this afternoon. They might run the press conference the police department held again. From across the room, the newscaster's empty yet frank voice echoed out through the room. People all across the city are once again in fear tonight as a serial killer continues to elude identification or capture. After seven murders and more than two weeks of terrorizing the city, many are wondering if the police will be capable of finding the killer dubbed The Mangler. We now return to the press conference given by Police Chief Mark Albertson early this afternoon. Caitlin walked out of the kitchen into the ordering area. Hey Mike, she chimed in. Hey, he replied, keeping his focus on the TV. Lucarelli here yet? Caitlin asked as she reached the two men standing idly. Nope, Ronnie replied quickly, still watching the TV from across the room. Jesus, they talking about the murders again? Caitlin asked quietly as she stood at the counter, crossing her arms. Yeah, I think they're going to run the police press conference from this afternoon again here in a few minutes, Ronnie responded. It was a little nerve-wracking driving all the way out here this late. Felt like I could be murdered at any moment, Caitlin said, resting her arms on the counter. Hey, you know, you could always ask to be on the day shift. I know it's not much consolation, but at least when you get here, there's, you know, people around to deter someone sketchy from trying something, Mike mentioned, leaning against the counter. Maybe, Caitlin said, rubbing her jacket sleeve up and down. I've been thinking about quitting. Mike glanced away from the TV's news report to ask Caitlin why. 
Well, um, there's this job at the pet store. Uh, it's close to my apartment, and they're only open till nine. Might just be until the killings stop or they catch the guy, you know? She said, wearing a nervous look. Well, if you want to quit, if you feel safer that way, I'd say go for it. No reason sticking around here, especially if you're, you know, distressed and everything while driving here and working at night. Besides, it'd probably be safer anyway to have a job closer to home, Mike continued before pulling his focus back to the newscast. A car pulled into the parking lot outside. The headlights shined, temporarily blinding the three employees before abruptly shutting off. A woman stepped out and entered. Ellie, you made it. We were beginning to get worried you'd become the killer's latest victim, Ronnie said, in a flat tone. A silence befell the room. They all just stared at her quietly. You make it here all right, Ellie? Caitlin asked from behind the counter. Yeah. It's freaky driving this far out of town with those murders. Now I'm always wondering if the person in the car behind me is following me, Ellie stated. Ronnie stood up from leaning against the counter and walked deeper into the restaurant, away from the view of everybody. Another car pulled in, quickly shutting its lights off as it came to a halt. Out stepped a man in navy blue flannel, headed for the door. Looks like I'm the last one of the party for once, he said with a rough voice. Hey Luke, we're all just waiting for somebody to show up in order, Mike said offhandedly, scratching his forehead above his eyebrow. Speak for yourself, I'm in no mood to do any work, Ellie interjected. Ronnie came back into view and earshot. There's a shitload of trash back there. What, the day shift forget to throw it out? He asked loudly. Maybe those assholes left it for us, Luke said as he stepped up to the counter. I'll just go take it out to the dumpster. Ronnie wrapped his slender fingers around the tops of black trash bags and stepped to the push door in the back of the restaurant. There was a warm amber glow emanating from the security light above him. He stopped and stood still for a moment. Ronnie could hear something that almost sounded like it was coming from behind the dumpster, which was about 15 feet away from the building. It sounded like chewing. Gnawing. Not a rat or even a raccoon. There was exhaling, like how a person breathes heavily through their nose when they sink their teeth into something aggressively when they haven't eaten all day. Practically starving. Ronnie slowly and gently set down the trash bags on the cool cement and walked back inside, approaching his co-workers. Uh, there, there's something outside behind the dumpster. Um, it all sounded like it was chewing or breathing heavily. Uh, it's probably just a dog or something, Luke said, brushing off Ronnie's comment. Can somebody just come out there and watch me? Ronnie asked. Nobody seemed eager to assist their co-worker. Fine, um, you know what, never mind, Ronnie said as he quickly disappeared again. The four remaining workers stood idle in the front of the restaurant, their eyes fixated on the news broadcast. As the rest of the night shift focused on the newscast, something caught their collective attention. A car had pulled into the parking lot, right outside the restaurant. Mike's heart fluttered for half a second possibility of this being a killer, or even just someone dangerous in general spiked in his mind. The workers stood silent, the only sound in this dining area coming from the TV, staring out at the car. 
the lights on the vehicle shut off, leaving the figures inside obscured by the darkness that engulfed them and the car. They sat inside for a few moments, before finally opening the doors and stepping out. As they approached the entrance to Burger Palace, the figures became clearer. It was a man and a woman, both wearing black suits with white dress shirts underneath and black ties to accent the middle of their outfits. The woman's suit jacket was partially buttoned up, and the man's was unbuttoned all the way to his belt. The ties were loosened, not quite undone, just enough to give their necks breathing room. The man grabbed the door handle and pushed it open, allowing the woman to walk past him as he stood outside of the restaurant. Mike heard a quiet thanks as the man followed the woman inside. The woman stopped momentarily, adjusting the sleeves on her suit jacket. The man acted similarly, his gaze focusing on the employees as they all stood idle at the counter. Hey, this some kind of surprise health inspection? Ellie asked, half joking. Hey, how's it going, guys? What can we get for you tonight? Mike asked, speaking up and motioning behind his back for the others to return behind the counter in case these people were actually here for an inspection. The man stayed silent, while the woman spoke up, stepping towards the counter. Yeah, just, um, just give me a second, she said, crossing her arms and looking up to the bright menu that adorned the wall above the archway back to the kitchen. The man stepped up towards the woman, looking around the restaurant, while remaining silent. After a few quiet seconds, the woman resumed speaking. I'll have the, uh, number seven, uh, make it large with a water. Uh, Will, sure you don't want anything? The woman said, glancing back to the man. Hmm. The man made what could have only been described as an audible thinking sound with his mouth. I'll have a number 12, large, with a Mr. Soda, Will requested, quite matter-of-factly. Got it. Is that going to be all for you two? Caitlin asked as she tapped away at the register. That's going to be it. Yep. Alright, uh, your total's going to be 2150, Caitlin stated. The woman glanced back as Will reached for his wallet in his pocket. Uh, don't worry, I'll get it this time. You can pick up next time, she said with a quick smile before returning to her gentle solemnness. Fair enough, Will said, resetting his arm to a resting position. Caitlin handed the woman her receipt. You two look awfully well-dressed. You getting back from somewhere nice, some sort of black tie event? Caitlin asked as the woman took her receipt. Not exactly, unfortunately. We're just getting off work. Tonight was a, uh, late kind of night. The woman said, a warm look soon washing over her face. Oh, what do you guys do for work? Uh, the woman seemed almost unsure of what to say. We do accounting in a big firm in the city. We just finished a big account, so we thought we'd get something to eat before we went home. Will chimed in. Oh, congratulations. Um... A little far to come for a Burger Palace meal, though, isn't it? Caitlin questioned. We were in the area. Figured we'd treat ourselves for once. The woman said, wearing a reassuring smile. Caitlin smiled back to the two customers. Mike walked up to Ellie, who was busy collecting the food for the orders. Hey, where's Ronnie? He asked. Went out back to take the trash out, Ellie replied, her focus on gathering the orders unwavering. 
How the hell long does it take to walk two trash bags ten feet? Mike asked, half to himself, half to Ellie. Must have been pretty full. Pop outside and check on him, Ellie suggested. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Mike said, stepping away from her. He walked towards the back of the restaurant, near the back door that led up to the dumpster. He passed Luke on the way to the door. His hand wrapped around the handle, and he popped it out of the frame and swung outward, with a hushed creaking sound accompanying it. A rotten, vile stench filled his nostrils, causing him to recoil in disgust. Whatever the smell was, it was near enough to make him vomit. What the fuck? Mike whispered to himself as he covered his nostrils, holding the door open enough to peer outside. He could see a dark figure crouched behind the dumpster, obscured by the darkness of the housing area. Ronnie? He thought. A wave of fear suddenly watched over him. He hadn't felt something like this before. He'd been scared, worried, plainly terrified, but this sensation was new, unfamiliar. His eyes strained, attempting to make out the figure that sat in the pitch black. Something caught his eye. Something almost... blue? Mike's eyes focused as hard as they possibly could on the object of interest. They were Ronnie's sneakers. When he bought them a few weeks ago, he'd made a big deal to all his co-workers. No one really cared. Perhaps no one really even paid attention when Ronnie showed his fellow co-workers the new shoes. But the image of them stayed burned into Mike's mind. Somewhere deep inside, the repeated showing from Ronnie of his shoes to Mike stayed hidden in those recesses of his brain. Shit, he thought. If that was one of Ronnie's shoes, where was the other one? And where was he? Mike slowly backed into the restaurant, before he turned around to find Luke walking over to him. Hey, Mike, he said in his usual gruff voice. Uh, Luke, do you remember Ronnie's blue Nikes? Mike asked, visibly shaken. The shoes you found at that thrift store? Uh, sure, I remember those. Why? Luke asked, crossing his arms. Come with me, Mike whispered to his co-worker careful not to alert anyone else. The two quickly but quietly walked to the door, and Mike wrapped his hand around the handle, before slowly popping it out, opening it just enough for Luke to peer through. What am I looking at, Mike? Luke asked as his head poked through the doorframe. There, behind the dumpster. That's Ronnie's shoe, right? Mike questioned, tightening his grip on the handle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it, all right. Where's he at? Luke asked, his focus on the shoe unwavering. Mike stayed quiet. He couldn't answer that question. The thought of what Ronnie'd asked just a few minutes ago flashed in his mind. Shit. He mumbled. What, what? Luke asked, turning his head to look at Mike. Ronnie said he heard something. Over there. He wanted us to come and watch him when he took the trash out. Shit. You don't think whoever it was, or whatever it was, attacked him, did, do you? 
Luke asked, raising his eyebrows. Um, I, I don't know. But I sure don't know where Ronnie would have gone otherwise. He wouldn't just bail on a shift, and not without his other shoe. What is that thing? Luke asked, nodding his head out towards the dark shape crouched next to the shoe. Doesn't look like a dog. Get your flashlight out, Mike said. Luke fumbled around in his pocket for his phone. He pulled it out and held it up towards the darkness behind the dumpster. He glanced at Mike, who silently told him to turn it on. Luke flicked on his phone's light. It only barely illuminated the darkness, but it was bright enough to just begin to make out what was sitting there. It was thin, almost emaciated, and its skin was a dark red, like chunks of its flesh had been torn off. It looked back towards the light when Luke flicked it on, but it had just looked long enough to see its face. Blood dripped to the pavement from below its teeth. They weren't jagged, broken, rough like one would expect. They were pristine, bright white and straight. They had multiple eyes with pupils that almost looked black. But just as quickly as the creature had looked at them, it scrambled over the shoe and deeper into the darkness, hiding behind the dumpster and peering around it, continuing to chew. Its thin, short fingers wrapped around the edge of the dumpster as Mike glanced down in the shoe. It was Ronnie's, and attached was his leg. Whatever this thing was, Ronnie had been attacked by it. Mike yanked Luke back in before shutting the door. What the fuck was that thing? Luke asked, his deep voice beginning to develop a frightened tint. I have no clue. Whatever it is, it killed Ronnie. Mike responded, staring at the restaurant wall, holding the door shut. Go grab the keys. We need to lock this door. I don't want to get it in. Mike held the door shut with his body, and Luke quickly hurried to grab the keys. Luke locked the door, and the two made their way towards the front of the restaurant. Caitlin, can I talk to you for a moment? Mike asked, tapping Caitlin's arm with the back of his hand. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's up? She asked as the two stepped away from the counter. There's, uh, uh there's something weird out back by the dumpster. That's what Ronnie said, probably just a raccoon or something. Caitlin responded, crossing her arms. Oh no, it, it, it definitely wasn't. Mike said with a hard swallow, glancing to Luke who was talking with Ellie as she prepared the orders. What? Caitlin asked as she saw Mike's gaze wander. He snapped back to her. Um, it, it was God, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, she raised an eyebrow. Mike wasn't the kind of person to get spooked by something that was easily explainable. Uh, it was red. Uh, like a fleshy red. It looked like its skin had been ripped off. What the hell are you talking about, Mike? Caitlin asked, looking concerned. It wasn't natural. I know that much. And... I, I think it killed Ronnie, Mike said. That last part pained him. Him and Ronnie weren't exactly friends, and they didn't talk all that much at work. But seeing him, lifeless probably ripped apart in the darkness behind the restaurant. That thought kept worming its way into Mike's consciousness, flashing in his mind. Seeing his shoe, his leg, the creature's face, the blood dripping from his mouth. It wasn't human. It barely even seemed paranormal like a ghost. 
it was a nightmare brought to life. The human mind's most terrifying conjurations cobbled together to make a creature out of something. Seeing it devouring Ronnie. The feeling it gave Mike, the other terror that he felt. The feeling was purely indescribable. It was something that needed to be felt. As the two customers stood around in the waiting area, the man quickly stepped over to Mike and Caitlin. What's going on? He asked, crossing his arms as he stopped a few feet away from them. Uh, nothing. Just just talking to my co-worker. Really. I heard mention of something killing... Ronnie, he stated. Mike gulped. He didn't want to alarm the customer, or Caitlin, or himself for that matter, but this man seemed remarkably calm. The man's friend noticed he'd stepped away from her, as she walked over towards him to join in the conversation. Yeah, what's going on over here? She asked. We might have a situation, the man said. He turned to his friend and whispered to her. Call for backup. Think we have an alpha out behind this place with a possible kill. Keep it light, just get a containment unit and four more agents, the man said. Got it, Haley said as she walked towards the entrance. Just one day without an issue, is that too much to ask? She mumbled as she stepped right outside. Haley walked over to the pair's car and opened the door, climbing inside and turning the interior light on. She picked up what looked to be a radio and began talking to somebody. After a minute or two, she stepped out of the car and returned to the restaurant's lobby. Backup's on its way. It'll be here shortly, she whispered to her friend. Mike and Caitlin stood confused as to what was happening. Who, who are you guys? Mike asked, stuttering as he tried to make sense of what was going on. I'm going to need you to take me out back and show me what you saw. We don't have to go out there, but I need to actually see it, the man said before Haley pulled him back towards her. Will, I don't think that's a good idea. We need to wait for backup to get here. Relax. I won't go after it this time, but I will go and peek out there, confirm it's, you know. Will responded, reassuring his friend. Haley sighed, exhaling through her nose. Fine. Just be careful, she stated, gesturing her finger at him. I always am. Debatable. So, you ready to show me this thing? Will asked putting the palms of his hands down on the white countertop. Mike had become visibly worried, almost not wanting to return to the back door. Not to see it again. But these two, they seemed so confident in what they were doing. Mike decided to go along with it. Mike and Caitlin walked to the back door, followed by Will. Luke turned from speaking to Ellie to see the three approaching the door. He hurried over and stopped them, grabbing Mike's arm. What are you doing? Are you going to go back to check on it? Luke asked, wearing a concerned tone. He just... This guy wanted to see what was out there, Mike replied, only now somewhat realizing how crazy this must have seemed. Don't worry. Whatever it is, I'll be able to handle it, Bill said. Are you... Have you lost it, Mike? You want to go back and take another look at that thing? Luke questioned. Caitlin, trust me. You do not want to see this thing, Luke continued. It's not worth it. Will looked at Caitlin momentarily, who didn't say anything. Neither did Mike. 
These two were just employees here. They didn't want to get involved in some kind of horrifying murder scene. Fine. You guys go ahead. Go take a look. Luke said defeatedly, throwing his hands up. I'm leaving. I'm not staying here with that thing out there. Mike looked back to Will, who was waiting for him to continue to the door. With a quick swallow, Mike hurried over, unlocked the door, and wrapped his hand around the handle. Will nodded. As Mike opened the door, Will peered through the small opening, with Caitlin attempting to see whatever it was Mike had told her about. A chewing sound crawled from the blackness behind the dumpster, just barely overpowering what sounded like hushed sobbing. Will pulled his phone out, tapping its light and shining it down to the source of the sounds. Something vaguely human-looking in shape, yet strangely discolored, slowly turned its head, baring its blood-stained teeth as it continued to emit the quiet crying noise. Close it, Will whispered before backing up. Mike closed the door, locking it as soon as the strange man was a safe distance away. Will stood quietly for a moment, crossing its arms. What was out there? I, I didn't really get a good look at it, Caitlin asked, worry creeping into her voice. Be glad. Whatever's out there, it's not something you want to see. Will said as he turned to walk back towards Haley. He walked around the counter, pulling Haley out into the lobby area. Is it? Haley began to ask. Will answered with a silent nod. We're going to wait for backup. Doesn't seem too hostile right now, but we've got no way to know what it'll do if provoked, he said. Haley checked her phone. They should be here soon. I told them it was urgent, she said, slipping her phone back into the pocket of her black pants. Cool. Once they get here, we'll push it out of the alley, into the transport. They'll get it shipped up to the archive. When you put it like that, it sounds so easy. Haley muttered as she turned away from Will. Okay. As the pair stood in the lobby waiting, the remaining Burger Palace employees hung around, unsure of what to do. What... what do we do now? Caitlin asked Mike, as Ellie began to make her way to the pair. I don't know. Um, I'd take that job at the pet shop if I were you. I'm... I'm not coming back here, Mike suggested, glancing to Ellie. What the hell is happening? she asked. We serve them food and we're caught up in some horror B-movie? What do you even see out there? Ellie, you, you don't... Mike sighed. You don't want to know. I'd start looking for a new job tomorrow. He rubbed his eyes. The night started out so strangely, a haze of uncertainty washing over the employees. Then Ronnie, dead. And these two mysterious people acting like it's just another day for them. The events of the last half hour swirled in Mike's head, and he was unsure how to dissect the psychological storm brewing in his mind. Almost ten minutes later, flashing lights sped into the parking lot, a mix of warm white, red, and blue, temporarily blinding everyone in the restaurant. But no sirens, Mike noticed. The employees watched as people, all dressed similarly in the same black suits and white undershirts as their former customers, rushed back and forth from vehicle to vehicle, still operating with very little noise. Soon, half of the mysterious, peculiarly dressed people were all heading around the restaurant, while the other half remained in cover in the parking lot, blocking the way into the forested area that surrounded Burger Palace. 
Mike, Caitlin, and Ellie hurried up to the front door, stepping outside into the cold night's air, listening to what these people were doing. Mike's mind flashed back to that thing behind the dumpster. Let's flush it out that way. Perimeter's covering the woods. Let's push it to the van. Mike looked back at the lobby, illuminated by the hazy yellow lights that dotted the ceiling, hoping to hear the commotion a bit better. Several of the people in cover and guarding the forest noticed the three standing outside of the store. One of the men walked over to them as the shouting behind the restaurant became clear. Be careful, folks. We're running a sensitive operation here. Don't need unnecessary casualties if this goes sideways, the man said before returning to a position which was closer to the trio. The shouting became louder and grew closer with each passing second as the trio watched several similarly dressed people ushering the disturbing, bloody creature along the cool pavement towards the transport van. Keep pushing, let's get into the van, someone said. Mike watched dumbfounded as the monster that had murdered Ronnie slowly crawled across the pavement, an audible sob emanating from its now free mouth. Why the hell's it crying? One of the people asked. No clue, gonna be a field day for the boys up north, someone else replied. The people moving the creature along held electric prods, crackling them at the horrifying entity to motivate it to move to the van. The others finally pushed it in, where it climbed in as it tried to avoid the crackling electricity that nipped at it. As two men shut and locked the back doors, Will and Haley approached the trio as they stood in confusion. Uh, okay, who are you people? What the hell's going on here? Mike asked. And what the fuck was that thing? Caitlin added. I know you all have a lot of questions, but unfortunately there aren't answers for many of them. We're with an investigative organization. We look into the more unnatural things that happen in this country, Will said, taking a business card from his jacket pocket. Here. You ever see or hear of anything bizarre or unexplainable again? Call this number, Will continued, handing a business card to Caitlin and Nelly. Mike flipped the card over as he held it with his fingertips. Marsh, he muttered. Go home, all of you. Just try to put this behind you. Oh, I'm sorry about your friend. Um, some people will be by shortly to take care of that. As Will and Haley returned to their black car, Will stopped and pivoted to the trio. I advise you all look for new jobs. Probably best to get away from a place like this, Will stated, nodding his head towards the brightly lit Burger Palace. Thanks, Mike said in a hushed tone.